Aww, yeah! It's time for another episode of the Comic Book Kaiju. I am one of your hosts, Trent Justin Baxter. I'm here with the man with the plan, Black Nerd Power's own Marcus Seabury on the line. How you doing, Seabury? I'm good, man. How's it going? Very well, because not only am I talking to Memphis's own Marcus Seabury, but I'm also talking to the big largeness, Chris Eaton. How you doing, sir? Doing well, sir. How are you? Excellent, because we're going to be talking our book of the month this month for August, and it's my pick. So I'm doing very well. Uh, we're going to be talking about Nightwing Volume 1, Leaping into the Light, which I actually made a YouTube video on. If anybody's interested, you can check out um, just... If you're watching on YouTube right now, check it out. But um, it is on my main Vactor page. I think I'm thinking about doing a comic book kaiju YouTube page, but I have to kind of figure out how to navigate the YouTube waters. But for now, it's just youtube.com slash Vactor, uh, last name. And you'll see my why Tom Taylor's Nightwing doesn't suck. And I, I kind of give it away in the title there. Uh, but we are definitely happy to have you here Dear listener, um, if you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform, or if you're looking at uh, Mr. Eaton and I's wonderful faces on YouTube, uh, you can always We're leave sorry. us. <laughs> you can always leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would be thankful, and let all of your comic book friends know this is the digital comic shop. You can always come here to Comic Book Kaiju. And we'll have your back uh, every month and every week as we continue this train. All right, let's get right into my pick. So Nightwing Volume 1, Leaping Into the Light, written by Tom Taylor, with art by Bruno Redondo. Um, he did the, the cover art, the, art, the interior art, and the inks, uh, pencils and inks. We've also got some additional work from Adriana Lucas, Neil Edwards, Rick Leonardi, Andy Lanning, and Scott Hanna, they all contributed to this first volume. Um, unfortunately, I did read a little bit after this one. Bruno Redondo does not stick around, and, and he is a big part of why I like this one so much. We'll talk about that. Uh, this is the Nightwing issues 78 through 83. Uh, so let's get, I think, we we talked about this in, in our She-Hulk episode, which if you have not checked out um, earlier on our feed, we have the first episode of She-Hulk Attorney at Law. We're going to be continuing as each episode comes out. But on that show, I kind of went around the around the room and got everybody's take on Jennifer Walters. So I wanted to get everybody's take on Nightwing. I don't think I've ever talked to you guys about Nightwing. So uh, let's start off with Marcus Seabury. What is your experience with Nightwing? Okay, first of all, this is my first Robin. Ah, yes. I 70s baby you know, I was born in 76 so like when I was coming of age this guy was robbing um, you know soon to leave and become Nightwing you know the Teen Titans and all that but like you know this was the first guy that I knew as Robin so I've grown up you know watching him on you know the Super Friends cartoon and yeah. on like Scooby Doo goes to the movies and even <laughs> reruns of the uh, 60s Batman show and, and like I've just always liked Dick Grayson. I've always just liked his attitude. I like the fact that even though he's in Bloodhaven, which is 
kind of about as bad and lawless and crazy as Gotham. He still finds a likeness to his character. You know, he doesn't, you know, even though he's dealt with personal tragedy, he doesn't seem mired in the grimdark like his mentor Batman. Uh, what I normally say is if you like Batman's story, you hate the fact he's kind of a manipulative, controlling jerk, <laughs> read Nightwing. I think that is a very good sum- summation, Seabury. Uh, Mr. Eaton, what is your Nightwing background? Uh, I just want to dovetailing off Seabury's point. He really is Batman without the baggage. But um, I my background with Nightwing, obviously you knew that the first Robin took his leave and started his own thing. Um, now I had not read the, the night Nightwing monthly stuff. I really mainly knew of Nightwing from, uh, his stuff with the teen Titans and mm-hmm. things like that. Yes. Um, that was, that's really kind of been my, my, uh, acknowledgement of it. I really like what, uh, Scott, was it Snyder? Did oh, yes. with uh did in the the white knight with with the character of nightwing of course i know that's different continuity but um i mean you know he's a character that's always been around uh not always but like you know me so seabury you said uh, what year were were you coming up from 70 well, I, I, then I was born big so you know like you know when i was conscious <laughs> it was it's grace and it's robin Right. See, I'm 80, I'm 85 model. So, um, (laughs) it's, it's one of those things where I was probably getting comics here and there, but I wasn't just following sequentially, Hmm. um, until a little bit later on. And then of course, a little bit later on, pretty much when I started following comics in order where I would buy it month to month, um, I would, I believe that, uh, Nightwing was already out of the picture and it was Hmm. on to, uh, Jason Todd. Jason Todd, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so Jason Todd. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sorry, because I forgot to actually talk about Nightwing because yes, I have read them too. It wasn't just I know him as Robin. Uh like like I read some of his first runs, like when Scott McDaniel was doing his art and Greg Land and and like I have like individual issues of Nightwing year one, which I Oh, I need that trade to come back in print so I can buy it. Because right now, it's kind of pricey. Yeah. Ah, uh, Greg Land. <laughs> was that with the disco wing? Was that with the high collar? No, 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 no. Uh, no. By the time he got a monthly, it was pretty much kind of the similar to what he's wearing now. Okay. Because, um, like, first it was the disco wing uh, in a Teen Titans. Then around the time the book just became... New Titans, uh, he had, had a variation with like a smaller collar, but he kind of had like a little ponytail. That was also a hideous <laughs> costume looking back. Good old 90s. But yeah. like, but, but like by the time they gave him a straight up monthly, it was like, I guess, navy blue or black with like the, you know, the lighter blue film. Hmm. Uh, yeah. They had kind of let go all of the disco stuff. That was like about what, like ninety five, maybe. Gotcha. Uh, but the year one, that was his first year being Nightwing, so they had the oh, disco yeah, yeah. wing. 
Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now in that book, yeah, yeah. You know, you see, I mean, shoot, he, like in the first issue, he's still robbing. It, it's like when Batman fires him from being robbed. Gotcha. Yeah, I always, you know, my upbringing with uh, Dick Grayson has always been, oh, he was the first Robin, and he was in a lot of the Teen Titans, like the animated stuff, and then you knew him as the guy that these, they let him grow up, basically. That's how I always knew right. him. They let him age up. Um, but I was never a big Nightwing fan growing up. Even in the, the Arkham games, when you got to play as Nightwing, his... Uh, what are they called? The, the, his weapon that he uses. The, scream of sticks. Yeah. The scream of sticks. I, I was like, yeah, it's kind of, kind of not for me. Kind of, kind of corny, but I got to tell you boys, this book right here, Nightwing leaping into the light made me a Nightwing fan. And I've always said that I've said that going back to our podcast, when we did Geekland, when we all lived in Memphis, I think, there are no bad characters. There are only bad writers. And I've had numerous times where I didn't like a character. Daredevil is another example where growing up, I never liked Daredevil. And then when I read the Brian Michael Bendis run, when I read um, Mark Wade's run, when I read all of these guys, uh, Brubaker's run, I was like, okay, Daredevil is one of my favorite characters. Like I can't even oh. think of not liking him. I stand on it. Like, like I said, I might have used this uh, example on the episode before. There was a character called Frenzy that was so freaking nothing to me in X-Men. She was just a horrible little one-note villain. Man, people started writing her and putting her in stuff. Then they kind of, you know, had her do a little bit of a face turn. And you kind of, you know, opened up and, and, like, found out about her backstory. I was like, hey, like, I've never cared about this character. So, like, I stand by that you just need to find a writer to, you know, give you a take on a character. Right. I mean, look at what look at what Graham Morrison did for Animal Man. Yes. Which that, is the, the hokiest of all superheroes. Right. Look at what Gail Simone did for Catman. Oh, yeah. yeah. On Secret Six, yeah. It, yeah absolutely. There's, there's some great examples of just fantastic writers. And Brian K. Vaughn did this from me on a number of characters as well and just them making you respect and and appreciate mm -hmm. those characters and that's what tom taylor did for me on this run and i've i've been kind of low-key following tom taylor but after this nightwing run and i'd heard everybody talking about it too so i was like oh shoot i gotta check this out um so i finally got a chance and i was not disappointed um I wasn't reading the Nightwing book before this, before the Tom Taylor stuff. And so this is where I jumped on. And now it's one of my favorite books coming out every week or every month, I should say. Oh, and a quick um, update. Eaton, were you talking about the the Batman White Knight? Was that the uh, Dick Grayson you said you had read before? Yes. Okay. Um, not Scott Snyder. I just looked it up. It's Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy. Yes. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, similar. That's my S, bad. S's. Um, but yeah, so I am, like I said, in the words of Seabury, I'm a Nightwing stan from now on. I think this has just made me uh, fall in love with the lightness. And that's even the name of this storyline, the leaping into the light and showing that fun side of it. And it's I've, I got a lot of Peter Parker vibes of kind of a young Peter Parker uh, character who's quipping, having fun, enjoying himself, and 
the humor of this book also, like I was laughing almost every issue. Uh, and it just, it just made me feel good. So that's why I really love, and then I haven't even talked about Bruno Redondo, like the, what he's doing in these, uh, the panel layouts is very similar. I thought to what J.H. Williams was doing. J.H. Williams, the third on Batwoman, where it was taking something and using the panel layouts in a way that I hadn't seen before. And there's an issue that was not covered in this run, but um, is after this where it's all one panel, like the entire issue is one panel. And I, I just saw that online. I was like, Oh, that's why hasn't anybody done that before they even had it all laid out as one page. And it was like, I don't know, like a mile long, but, um, that is something that Bruno Redondo's art just elevated this book to another level. Um, I just loved how dynamic it was, the action sequences and just everything about it. Like I, Bruno Redondo was not on my radar. Now he's one of my favorite artists. Um, so that's, that's really why I liked leaping into the light so much. Uh, Mr. Eaton, I had, like I said, I had recommended this book as my pick of the month. Uh, what did you think about leaping into the light? So first I want to talk about uh, Bruno Redondo's art. To me, this artist is to Nightwing as Adrian Alfona was to Runaways. Ah, yes. And the reason I say that is because he is not somebody who is on my radar either. I'd never seen his work before. Um, but I feel like that his artwork is as foundational to the tone of this book as Alphona's was, and Alphona was a co-creator of The Runaways. Mm, yes, so, with Brian Kavon. Exactly. So I think that it's going to be one of those things where when we look at it, you know, when another artist takes over, um, I hope the quality doesn't decrease. I don't think it will as far as the writing, but it might not have that same feel as as this did. Yeah. Now, from a story structure standpoint, I really love the storyline. I do feel like there's, if you're somebody who is not up on Batman events, there might be some things that kind of throw you for a loop. Mm. Um, spoiler alert here. Um, Alfred, I, I think is, is having passed away. Yes. I, I don't know if that's something that all comics fans know. It's something I tangentially heard about, but I hadn't, you know, that must have been during the snap. Yeah. Where hadn't I was gone. Right. Hadn't yeah, and that's it happens in the Tom King run of Batman. And yeah, it, it threw me for a loop. Um same same with Superman's identity being out. It was like, wait a minute, right. what? Like this right. these are things we've grown up our core, you know, of our comic essence. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, Uncle Ben's dead, nobody knows Superman's secret identity, and Alfred is Batman's butler. Like yeah. those are just core elements and to see those that those foundations rocked, it's a actually really emotional issue if you ever get a chance to check out. Uh, but that is something that like you have to deal with the fallout of that right. heavy in this book. Right, you do, and and I think that might be a slight barrier to entry. Um, but do not do not let that stop you from reading this trade, reading these issues, however you do it, um, because it is the best Bat Family writing that you'll see yes it just is yeah. um yeah. and that's not to the detriment of anybody else who's doing their thing on any other book this feels fresh it feels like a new voice for dc 
Um, it, it has a tone that I don't think any other DC book has right now. Um, as best as I'm aware anyway, yeah, not that I know of. Right. And so it does feel tonally like a Marvel book, mm-hmm. uh, tends to feel so much. So, and I know we've talked about this off mic. I drew as a matter of fact, my first comment to you after reading this book was this reminds me of fraction and Aja's. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, Hawkeye. Yes. Oh uh, yeah. I get that. I get that for real. hundred percent. Yep. Right. Right. And so I, I really think that tone works for the character. Um, I love that part about it. I really like the storyline. Like, um, you know, Dick Grayson gets all this money mm-hmm. and I, I would like to think that within my, my own self, he's doing what I would do. Yes. He's, you know, he's aware of all these problems because he basically lives in DC universe, Detroit. That's what Bloodhaven is. Cause I, I feel like, uh, Gotham is kind of New York mixed with Chicago, but this yeah. is kind of, you know, Bloodhaven is, is a rough place. So he's, he's immediately thinking like, I can do, I could do everything. I could fix all of this. Yes. What, where do I start? And I feel like that's where I would, I would go to. So it's very relatable to me. It's very realistic. Normally, when you're dealing with a <clears throat> quote-unquote superhero book, um, you're dealing with things beyond things you'd ever have to deal with. And I really like that this grounds Nightwing in a, you know, Earth-based everyday logic. I, I really think that's a really cool choice. Yeah. Seabrain. Um, go ahead. I was going to say, Seabrain, your thoughts on Nightwing Volume 1 from Tom Taylor. Man... I loved it. The writing, you know, it's funny, it's clever. Um, and and I mean, I love the fact that okay, yeah, Alfred passed away, but he's left Nightwing his money. Nightwing is disgustingly rich, even more rich than Batman. Yes. And what did he do? He doesn't say, "Let me make a cave." He <laughs> said, "Hey, guys, the city's kind of trash, but I got you." Yes. Let's make it the city we want it to be. You know, and, and I mean, that's just a Dick Grayson thing. And, and like, I'm going to be honest. I have struggled with finding DC books to really hold me since New 52. Because yeah. I was probably buying about 8 to 10 DC books a month before New 52. Mm-hmm. And then, like, because... Like one thing that was gone and didn't look like it was coming back in New Fifty Two was the Dick Grayson Barbara Gordon romance. Cause mm-hmm. I'm a Dick Grayson Barbara Gordon shipper. Yeah. Okay, in my mind they are OTP, one true parent. So and like when they, and like the first incarnations of New Fifty Two, Dick Grayson, he was promiscuous. You know, he mm-hmm. was just you you know he was out there. He was a he was a he was a he was a bit of a city boy. You know? <laughs> and, and, and I was like, but no, I like Dick and Barbara. Yeah. And they didn't give me them as a full fledged couple, but they gave me hope. Yes. This, right. Very much so. Right. And yeah. and like I loved it. I loved the Grayson. I, I love 
Barbara Gordon or the turn that, you know, I was watching again reruns of 60s Batman. So Barbara Gordon, you know, I've been I used to read like the first monthly birds of series late nineties, early two thousands. You know, I always rooting for Barbara, you know, back then she was in the wheelchair. I was just like, Come on, y'all, it's too much technology in the DC universe. This is dumb. <laughs> so, you know, post new fifty two they finally got a walking kind of, but I know she's semi retired, but like I just I just I don't know. I've always well not always, but like probably the last twenty years I've been more drawn to like Batman's associates. Mm-hmm. Than Batman. Yeah, because it's like with the Batman comic, I like take it to leave, jump on, jump off. But I like read Nightwing for long runs. Mm-hmm. I read uh Tim Drake's last Robin series for long runs. I read Birds of Prey for long runs. I read Cassandra Kane's Batgirl for long runs, mm-hmm. you know. Like and, and even in, in more recent times, like I like Gotham Academy. I like we are Robin. Yeah. I want to buy this Bad Girls book with Barbara Gordon, uh, Stephanie Brown, and Cassandra Kane and Trey. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know. I tend to like everything about Gotham but Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, that leads into Eaton's point about the Bat family. This book is very much like, not, not only is it Dick Grayson, but the supporting cast, um, even Bitewing, the dog, like that, yeah. there's it's just all everyone in the book um, I think is, is just really well done uh, painted with a, a nice stroke and it just leaves you hopeful of this is what superhero comics, they can inspire us and they can want us um, or leaving us wanting more and wanting to do, be, do better, leave the world a better place than we found it. So it's definitely, it's definitely got a heart to it. Yeah. Um, another thing I wanted to speak on, um, even though now we're, we're just basically talking about the positives. I did want to say that one, one, uh, one slight qualm I had with the book. Oh Um, yes. You told me this off mic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was waiting for this. So, uh, all right. Outside of the sort of internal struggle he's having with what to do with all this money, which is all well and good. You have this other, um, sort of B plot, I would almost call it the B plot of how it's going to run up against the corruption that's pretty much completely melded into the city's political system, which I know is very outlandish nowadays that we would talk about, you know, politics being corrupt. I know that's weird, <laughs> but, but, uh, but anyway, um, the plot point with the mayor, the newly, elected mayor mm-hmm. spoiler alert folks being dick grayson's is it basically half sister yeah yeah mm-hmm. um that came out of nowhere yeah for me mm-hmm. i don't know that we needed it mm-hmm. now i don't think it ruined anything this is a fantastic book that you should absolutely pick up and read but uh, that just kind of it seemed easy to me or it seemed like unnecessary you know mm. what i mean that's my only qualm in an otherwise completely perfect uh six or eight issues gotcha yeah you know what i wasn't mad about it. 
Mm. Also, I had read about it beforehand. I was like, oh, uh, he got a Then I saw it. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. See, you I know? didn't know at all. Yeah. Yeah, it, it hit me, kind of blindsided me as well. But um, I think similar to Seabury, I didn't um, – I just wanted to see where they were going with it because the ending, however they choose to resolve it, I think is going to impact – how I feel about the overall storyline with her. Sure. So yeah, I want to see where it goes. This is a good opening, you know, kind of origin story for her and um, seeing where it comes from. But yeah, I'm kind of like you also Eaton, where if I haven't known about this family member for the last 30 years, this is kind of crazy that it's coming out of nowhere. And, and all of a sudden he's got so conveniently, family. right. Yeah. For the person to be who it is. Yeah. Right. That kind of felt off to me, but, it didn't ruin anything for me as far as enjoyment. This was a, this was a joy to read. Yeah. I trust Tom Taylor uh, where he, he, as a writer. So we'll see where he's going in the next couple issues. But I, I, I got to say that the quality of the writing continues after this uh, trade. It's, it is hurt a little bit by the inconsistency of the artists. Cause they have a couple fill in artists come in and out and uh, Bruno Rodano comes back later. And in fact, the current, um, if you're following him on Instagram or on Twitter, which I recommend because he shares a bunch of art, he's talking about a new creation that's coming out in Nightwing issue number 98, which has not come out yet. But it is Night Might, who is the Batmite equivalent to Nightwing. And so I am very intrigued to see Night Might. I want to see what that is and and what uh what comedy tom taylor has to bring out of that so i'm excited about the future bold strategy cotton let's see how it works out for him <laughs> yeah but i've got a feeling that uh night might's gonna soon learn that imping ain't easy <laughs> but it's necessary <laughs> <laughs> and on that note I think we're going to wrap up this episode of the Comic Book Kaiju. Thank you very much for joining us on our Book of the Month Club. Um, Nightwing Volume 1, Leaping into the Light. Uh, like I said, I'll have a link in our description, in our show notes. You can check that out on Amazon. Uh, right now, there's a nice sale on the digital version. I was telling these these two before we started recording. It is $7.99 on, on Kindle and Comixology. Uh, $16.99 for the paperback. But I this one might be one that I want to add to my collection physically. I bought it digitally, but I might want to add this to the collection. Um, if they could get like an oversized version of it and get that art, mm, that would be fantastic. Uh, but you can also check it out, like I said, on our show notes and in our description. Uh, if you would be so kind, don't forget to always share the comic book kaiju. Share the comic joy and love that we're trying to put out here on the comic book kaiju. Uh, we just had a recent episode talking about She-Hulk. Uh, we're going to continue to talk about that show as it comes out. Hopefully, when Black Panther Wakanda Forever comes out, we will have a nice review of that for you. Um, also talking about different topics and um, things that are going on in the comic book industry on the comic book kaiju. So continue to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. That's CBK Pod. I'm trying to put out some short-form content um, as well on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all those places. So you can just find that 
on CBK Pod in most places, but on TikTok, it's Vector Loves Comics, which used to be the name of this podcast before uh, when I was just solo. Uh, but now I have my wonderful uh, Southern friends here to join me each week on the Comic Book Kaiju. Uh, speaking of those friends, Mr. Eaton, where can they find you on the internet this week? At Chris Eaton on Twitter um, and at uh, Chris Eaton on TikTok. And you can also catch me uh, along with yourself and Mr. Seabury on the Kickout Kaiju as well. Yeah. Mr. Seabury, where can the lovely folks find you this week? Uh, you know, it's uh, Ed Seabury on Twitter. At Marcus Seabury, that's M-A-R-K-U-S, S-C-A-B-E-R-R-Y on uh, Instagram and TikTok. And um, also, uh, I'm a member of another podcast, it's on hiatus, Black Nerd Power. You can find all our past episodes on the Kazookian app, that's K-U-D-Z-U-K-I-N, the Kazookian app. And I do a movie review show in conjunction with On Location Memphis called Center Sundry. And you can find that on the On Location Memphis Facebook page and the On Location Memphis YouTube channel. Uh, as of this recording, my review of Bullet Train is out. Uh, I've got reviews of Emily the Criminal and Beast on the way. Beautiful, Seabird. Very good. So we encourage you to follow all of us in all of those places. And for Mr. Chris Eaton and Marcus Seabury, I want to say that we love comics, and you should too.